A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is, I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy? or a bra that's comfortable. Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. The President of the United States, through the website of his party, just gave out fake news awards. There has been an epidemic of pettiness this week. Let's talk about it. This is Sarah from the left. And Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Friday episode where we briefly catch up on the news since our last episode and share some listener feedback. And today, as we alluded to, I feel like everything we have to talk about is just so petty that it's infuriating. Except for the listener feedback. I don't want to sweep that yes, in. No, listener agree. feedback is good. Listener feedback is definitely not petty. But the news has been so frustrating. Did you catch any of the Senate Judiciary hearing about whether the president actually used the word shitholes or not, Sarah? No, I value my life more than that. And I just feel like I get precious moments and minutes on this earth. And I'm just not sure that that's how I want to spend them. 
Well, I gave some minutes to it. And I I really was interested in hearing more from the DHS secretary. I haven't been very familiar with her career. And so I wanted to hear her testimony. And then I started seeing people tweet about the hearing. So I watched a good bit of it. I thought that Senator Dick Durbin did an excellent job in just destroying the credibility of anyone who says that the president didn't say what he said in the meeting. Simultaneously, I was incredibly discouraged that so much time in a congressional hearing was being devoted to whether the president said shitholes or not. This is not the problem, guys. This is not the problem. That is not the problem. Like, you have so many deadlines right now. Why are we doing this? I just think it's interesting that no one seems to understand that their imaginations are on full and transparent display. That's sort of my takeaway for this week. Like, if you are a person who's like, I don't remember, in the face of Dick Durbin, a entirely credible United States senator that's saying this is what's happened, like, it's obvious what you're doing. Everyone gets what you're doing. And if you are Cory Booker or Kamala Harris in a death battle to see who can go to the left, I love what Claire McCaskill said, which is she feels like so many of her Senate colleagues thinking about 2020 are in the search for their base, which I think is totally accurate. Like it's you can also have made a good point and still be transparently in this battle for staking out who can go left of each other. I also feel this way about the government shutdown. Like if you're just kicking it down the road because you can't pass it, that's we all know what's happening here. Why? I just feel like we're all pretending that we live in a different universe than we did. We all can see what you're trying to do. That's just what I want to say. We all can see what you're trying to do. And the reaction then to Booker um, impassionately shaming the DHS secretary from the right instantly becomes, well, isn't this just like when um, Senator Warren was treated so disrespectfully. And if you aren't going to come to the aid of the DHS secretary, then what you said about Senator Warren wasn't real. Come on, everybody. Stop. This is so petty. Hi, everybody. I got something to say. First of all, Republican Party, you have a little bit sacrificed your right to put on your feminist hat when it suits you. You haven't a little bit. You have totally and completely. It is. It's so, again, transparently hypocritical. The issue was not that somebody wanted Elizabeth Warren or somebody wanted someone else to come to Elizabeth Warren's rescue. That's not the point. This woman can stick up for herself. And if you don't have a good answer, it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man. And if you are grandstanding to prove a point, it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man or a Democrat or a Republican. Like, I'm not saying there's not room for political theater. I've got no beef with political theater. Just let's not pretend that we're staking moral ground when what we're really doing is participating in political theater, which has its role. One of my favorite things I read recently was what Obama's planning on doing for the midterm election. And... um. They said that he has been sort of organizing with Tom Perez and talking with a lot of candidates, but he is dedicated to not becoming the foil that Donald Trump desperately wants him to be. And I thought, God bless you, man. Like he at least somebody realizes like this game we're playing and is dedicated to staying out of it. Like the rest of Congress and the president and most of the department heads are just ready to 
play out this silly, 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 silly act that we're all engaging with while not acknowledging the actual reality of the situation. You know, I would have said at one time that political theater has a role in informing the public. This Senate Judiciary hearing could have been a valuable opportunity to really explore what border security needs to look like, Mm -hmm. where you have the DHS secretary explain in a thorough way what are the needs at the border. I'm sure there are some. I never want to give short shrift to that issue. I never want to leave people who protect our country or who even just do the grueling work of like customs ill-equipped to do what they need to do. So let's talk about that. I also think it's important for the public to understand what a wall would mean. And this could have been a good opportunity to vet all of that out. But then as I find myself thinking through that, I wonder if anyone can even hear it, Mm. you know, because we have made the theater so extreme that the only thing that gets headlines are the the hot exchanges about the president's vulgarity. Instead of the actually informative exchanges, and even those exchanges are so dumbed down, I don't know. It's just not serving us. That's what's been on my mind all week. How do we walk back from here? Or how do we walk forward from here? How do we walk back from the pettiness and forward into a functioning government? Listen, if you're in the Freedom Caucus and you claim to care so much about our Constitution— Literally, the main constitutional responsibility that you have as a member of Congress is to fund the government. That is right there in the document. So don't pretend that you care about the Constitution and that's what's driving your position when you're hoping for a government shutdown. You know, I think we move forward from that. I think there is a way to use political theater to move the conversation forward and to educate the public because you do in our current media environment sort of need a moment to get a point across. I think about that judicial hearing when I believe it was a Republican senator questioned the nominee. He did not know the answers. Look, that guy knew he didn't know the answers. He also didn't care if previous nominees could have answered those on the spot. He was doing it to make a point, which is you don't have the right experience for this job. And he made it and he made it well. And the guy withdrew his nomination. So there is a way to do it. It's a difficult line to walk. And they're not all walking it particularly well right now because The election is so close, which is why I'm intrigued. I post on Twitter, like, I'm not great at math, but every time you kick this government funding down the road, you push it closer to Election Day. And I think the closer we get, the the truth of the situation is the closer we get to Election Day, the harder these conversations will will be to have because there's too much at stake. They're too focused on scoring cheap political points so that they can sweep in or they can stay in or they can maintain their position. Like it's just, it's, it's a frenzied environment. And the closer we get, the harder it will be to have complex, hard conversations about these things. And especially because Americans don't particularly require or demand these types of complexities from their elected officials. For the most part, Both sides are guilty of electing ideologues to defend their position and go to either be the one yelling or be the one yelled at or yelled back or whatever. And until we let go of that, until we decide that our moral ground is not dependent on um, never allowing any sort of compromise or never allowing for that the other side might have a point, even if we don't agree with it. I don't know. 
I want to ask you a question earnestly. I'm not asking this to try to make a point. If you were in Congress right now, would you use DACA and the government shutdown deadline to force a solution to DACA? Or would you, would you negotiate the budget and deal with that issue while at the same time pushing for a DACA fix? If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and Jean has you covered. We've talked about Olive and Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are going to last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love, though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors, and I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsu for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second-chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pantsy.
Well, I don't know. I mean, if I'm I'm a little mispragmatic. So the first question I'm going to ask is like, am I up for re-election because of what I just said? Like that is on their minds. And if they say it's not, they're lying. The reason I don't feel like DACA, why DACA does belong in this conversation and why I don't have a huge like sort of moral problem with it, including it in these negotiations is because it also has a deadline. It's just, I mean, it is along with the government funding coming up against a hard deadline that's going to affect people. And so if you have two issues that are coming on a deadline and we need to reach a compromise, then let's do this. I didn't think the chip funding was, I mean, I didn't, I don't know why that was such a bad compromise. Like we have to allow them ways to give each side a win. There has to be a way to do that. And people like the president and the Freedom Caucus and Hard left members of the resistance make that really hard. Well, the president has made all of this really hard, right? The deadline exists because of the president's executive order. And I think Lindsey Graham, who was frustrated walking from one meeting to another and said to a reporter that there isn't a credible negotiator in the White House right now mm. is dead on, Yep, you know, and and that's from Lindsey Graham, who spends the better part of his life sucking up to the president right now, which I do understand likely comes from trying to exercise some control over the president. It is still infuriating to observe. I don't think it's wrong to tie the two things together either. What I don't like are the outlets and some very prominent political podcasts that are actively encouraging the public to support Democrats shutting down the government over DACA. I think that it's been irresponsible for Republicans to do it. I still look at Ted Cruz and see nothing but someone whose selfish ambition caused our government to shut down. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that any of us should be rooting for that. I just don't. I I just don't think it's responsible. I do think using whatever leverage you have is helpful to try to get something done that does give both sides a win. And look, that's so silly, too. It shouldn't be a win Mm -hmm. for Republicans, for anybody to just pass a budget. Right. Yeah. Every so true. Should yeah. Be... How did that become? That's so true. How did that become like a victory trophy? Y'all are so ridiculous. It's just the most basic part of your job. That's such a good it point. Is baseline competence and every budget is going to be a mixed bag. I've never from my home to my civic organizations that I've participated in to my workplace. I've never looked at a budget and thought, I love this. This is amazing. <laughs> it's a budget like it exists to impose some constraints which is not fun ever. And Mm -hmm. so so every budget ought to be a mixed bag. But the idea that somebody wins by just doing the most basic thing Congress exists to do is ridiculous. And with DACA, I think it is ridiculous to think of that as a win for anybody. The win for the country will be stabilized immigration policy, which I think is necessary. But I'm sorry, who loses if we find a way to keep people who have only known the United States as their home here in this country. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, racist people who think that the country's too brown. I'm just being honest. That's who they're talking to. That's that base that he feels that Stephen Miller speaks to, that Stephen Miller wants to make sure he doesn't forget. It is a, in my opinion, racist vision of the country that America is an ethnicity, not an identity, like I talked about last week. They want the wall. They don't want any any give on immigration at all. 
That's just the reality. There is a group out there that has the president's ear, and that is what they want. That's an appropriate note on which to transition to Steve Bannon cooperating with uh, the Mueller investigation. But like not cooperating in the, the congressional hearings. Is that when I am I reading that right? That's my understanding as well, that the White House sort of interfered and encouraged him not to testify candidly in the congressional hearing. But then he is going to be interviewed by the Mueller team and there is a subpoena out there. It's all very odd. And the timing of it seems so strange to me. Robert Mueller does not strike me as someone who would be like, oh, I read Fire and Fury over the weekend and thought I would want to talk with Steve Bannon. Like, I think that all has to be coincidental. But man, this is such a, again, the pettiness, right? Like everything about this has become so dramatized that it's really difficult to know what a credible perspective on this investigation looks like. I would like to also sweep in our discussion of the fake news awards because I have one point that applies to both, which is, again, hi, Little Miss Pragmatic here. If you are being at least discussed, arguably investigated, for obstruction of justice, perhaps interfering with congressional testimony, not the best idea. Related, if the conversation surrounding you and your presidency is about your quote-unquote executive time and you have a doctor out there saying you need to ex- literally just exercise more and everyone all everyone's decided that all you do is sit around and watch cable news and complain about it to people on the phone instead of actually doing the job of being president of the United States, perhaps... Handing out fake news awards, not the best use of your time. Just saying. Like, just on the most pragmatic, perception-driven level, perhaps you should think some of these things through. Well, especially when not much is getting done, right? We don't have a budget. We have CHIP out there. We have DACA out there. USA Today ran a great piece about how the president declared the opioid epidemic an emergency, but now what? Mm-hmm. What Nothing's been done on that. You can't name the drugs are because we don't have one. And here's the president just I read them. I I felt that I should as part of our show preparation. It is so unbelievably petty. These are such small things. He brought up again the the photograph from a rally showing not a lot of people there that was corrected when a lot of people arrived. And for the Republican Party to embrace this. What do you think is going to happen for this party long term? Has the Republican Party just decided that it's not a long term proposition? Is it in liquidation mode? That's what it feels to me. Because if you want any decent coverage for your candidates, your ideas, this is not how to get there. And I don't understand. I just read an article about this state Senate election in Wisconsin where you had a long-term Republican seat that went to a Democrat. It's sending shockwaves. It's one of a long list of indicators that educated suburban women are fleeing your party. This is how you think you're going to get them back? With fake news awards hosted on the party website? I mean, If I'm giving you the greatest amount of nuances that hopefully they're probably just not paying attention because they have way more important things to to think about and pay attention to, which you clearly don't. I just, you know, I know that the president thinks that public relations battles are important, and I agree to a certain extent. We just had a long conversation about perceptions and conversations and um, pushing the conversation forward. I'm not saying that's not important, but dang, it is not the only battle you are fighting, my friend, it just isn't. 
So I watched The State of the Commonwealth. Did you watch that? I did not. Governor Bevin gave his State of the Commonwealth address. And listen, Governor Bevin is... I have such a tortured relationship with Governor Bevin (laughs) because... On the one hand, he bothers me enormously in the way that he patterns after the president. And there were notes of that in this speech. You can tell that he is much smarter than President Trump, but he dumbs it down because I think he likes the president's combative, repetitive, Mm -hmm. um, bullying kind of style that take no prisoners over and over. He kept saying, we're going to do this like never before, like nothing you've ever seen, like never before. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, stop. Like we have that in Washington. We don't need it in Frankfurt. Mm. And I disagree substantively with him quite often. I also find agreement with him. And more than anything, I admire that he is willing to take on really hard problems very unpopular solutions to those problems that are probably necessary and do the work of governing. I mean, he does not shy away from actually governing. And so there are things about him that I respect. I also respect some of the ethics that he brings to the office. You know, he spoke out very forcefully against a Republican in our state Congress because of sexual harassment allegations. You know, he, he didn't tolerate that from his own party. He wasn't mealy-mouthed about it at all. He also devoted substantial time during the State of the Commonwealth address to a family that adopted children out of foster care. And the the mother in that family spoke just very eloquently about how difficult it is to adopt in the state of Kentucky and how many children are in foster care waiting for adoptive parents. But but lots of Kentuckians who would otherwise be willing to go through that process have gotten burned by how heartbreakingly difficult that process is. And I thought it was great to highlight a family. I thought it was great to give the floor to this, um, this mother and teacher. So, so I always have a complicated relationship with him. The reason that I bring it up in connection with the fake news awards is because it also had some really petty notes. He's so petty. He can be so petty. petty. He, He used that forum to wave his finger in the face of Kentucky's legislators and say, you know, some of you have been in this room for decades and have done nothing but complain. You've never put forward a solution to any complicated problem and you have the audacity to complain. I'm not getting those quotes exactly right, but that was the gist of it. And I tweeted, you know, just some HR advice for the governor. I don't disagree with him about that at all. That is not a strategy to create consensus and compromise and forward progress on your agenda. I don't know why we have decided to just default, but I do feel like pettiness is an epidemic. I I feel myself even reacting to some things that I see online in the most petty way, because I think we have confused pettiness with, with righteousness Mm -hmm. in a way that's really unhealthy for us. I think that's an excellent point to transition to our next section of the show. We're going to talk about listener feedback. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible. And skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement 
and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. We have had extensive conversations through email, on social media, and um, amongst ourselves and listeners about our discussion about Aziz Ansari, a discussion that's continuing, I think, across the country. And first, I just want to say, I think everyone is doing a great job of having a a difficult conversation. I think the big takeaway for me from all the feedback we've received from our listeners and the never-ending list of Aziz Ansari thing pieces is this is different. It's just as important. It's harder because it 
it forces everyone to think through what they mean when they say it was bad sex. It seems to me like we're having a conversation <laughs> about bad sex. A little plug. Beth and I, I texted Beth this morning, first thing at like 7.30 in the morning, was like, I think we're going to have to talk about the sex on The Nuance Life. So if you want a more in-depth conversation about bad sex, <laughs> please join us next Wednesday on The Nuance Life. Because I think that that is where this conversation is turning. And I think it's really important. I reposted a thread from Ashley for that I thought was so, so good and so instructive. And, you know, in many ways, I think it's much more important and has a bigger impact to say, this is swept under me too, but this doesn't mean that we're saying every man that's had bad sex is a rapist and every woman that's had bad sex is a rape victim. But we are saying that there's something wrong here that we want to remedy and that we want to talk about. And that's really, really hard. And it sweeps up so many more people than sort of the monsters in the Harvey Weinstein model. And I just hope we keep talking about it. It reminds me the reactions to this of the way women react when we tell each other about birth sometimes. When you're with mm. women, you have different birth philosophies. Yes, yes. As yes. though choosing to have an epidural or not is an indictment of the, the differing choice that you made. Yes. Breastfeeding, all of these things where, and, and I think that's what it is about this Aziz Ansari story. It's so common to all of us that we are really personally invested in some aspect of it. And so it shuts down our ability to learn something from it and to kind of walk back a little bit and see it more clearly, not as um, a personal slam on us in one way or another. Yeah, and I think, you know, look, we – our listener sent us – one of the listeners sent us this amazing email, and she said – it was from Holly, and she said, you often are saying, discussing debatable topics, we need to decide as a country, or as a country, we need to have this conversation. And she's like, but what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love that, that email. I loved it so much because, you know what, Holly? I don't know. I think about it all the time, <laughs> and I carry this sort of sense of responsibility. Like, is it enough to lead the conversation? Is it enough to have conversations? But a value I hold in my personal life and why I sing this particular line in Hamilton with intense emotional gusto, which is, I am the one thing in life I can control. And when having, holding that value that I am the one thing I can control, along with, I believe wholeheartedly that society and culture and laws and pop culture and media are hugely influential on our mainly large animal brains. And so I have to walk this line between believing that I can only control myself and that there are all these other forces of which I play a part that also control me. That's weird. That's a paradox. And yet it is true. And it is uncomfortable. And in the same way that when we as women talk about birth, and when I say I want us to think about how decisions get made, sometimes largely outside our control, about who gets an epidural and who gets a C-section, that means also we have to sit with and hold that maybe something bad happened to me. Maybe I didn't need that epidural. Maybe I didn't need that C-section. Maybe. Not saying you did. Just maybe. And I think that's what's happening with 
I think you're exactly right. That's what happened in Seeds and Sorry. So if we're going to ha- say all these influences, media, culture, society, laws play out in the most intimate individual exchanges in which I am the only thing in life I can control, how can I hold that if all these things are playing out and there was a victimization that happened and something I would personally just call bad sex, what does it mean that if I've been victimized, what does it mean if I have to look back over my life and think either uh, perpetuated bad sex on somebody or had bad sex perpetuated on me? What does that mean for me? I don't have a great answer for that. I don't. I ha- You know, it's hard to sit with uncomfortable realities in which you think through your own privilege and your own perceptions and your own experiences and how they are part of this big, huge, messy whole. It's hard, but I think it's makes all of us better people. It makes it opens up whole new regions and synapses in our brains. I don't think we use a lot. And, you know, I was just telling Beth, I had a like two hour conversation with a woman opposed to the fairness ordinance. It was a really great conversation. And the conversation I've had with deeply religious people about this fairness ordinance is what's next. Basically, I use the Bible to tell me what's right and wrong. And what happens if we don't use the Bible to tell us what's right and wrong? And I don't have a great answer for that. Sometimes we're not going to know if something's right or wrong. It's not always an easy answer. Sometimes things are going to be a little bit right and a little bit wrong. And listen, I am as uncomfortable as that with that as all of you. But I just think that is the human condition. And I think that this Aziz Ansari article experience situation exposed that to all of us in a really real, deeply emotional way. And I'm very proud in particular of us and our community for just sitting with that and just saying, like, maybe there's not a great answer. Maybe we just have to swim around in the paradox and the complexity and the sheer I don't know itness of it all. We don't have good language for any of it, too, which I think is part of the problem. We don't well, have clearly good I just use the word I don't know itness of it. <laughs> we don't have good language for the sex part because mm-hmm. we don't talk about sex enough. I was reflecting this weekend about the fact that I never had a sex education course, not once. And I can't imagine when I think back to my middle school and high school days, who would have taught that if I had, you know, when I think about my teachers and the experiences I had of my teachers, um, you know, I really did the, the thread that you posted from Ashley really sunk in with me because I learned almost everything I know about sex from sorority sisters and cosmopolitan. <laughs> Truly love it. Which is not going to give you a very uh, perspective that is filled with depth, right, on that topic for that, that will serve you for the course of your life. We also don't have good language for the conflict side because all we really understand is a very cartoonish version of justice. Mm. And there is not a just result in the Aziz Ansari situation. No, there is not a just result. And I think that's why everybody's struggling. And that's why you have some people and, and many, many women waving their fingers in the face of this young woman who told this story because they see it as unjust that he would even have to deal with this publicly yeah. since there is no just result for it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And on the other side of the coin, what does it mean to all of us that his career 
probably will not end over this. Mm-hmm. If you see this more from the perspective of grace, where does that leave you? It cannot be that we abandon all hope because we don't have a mechanism for what we see as justice. The justice of this situation might be in its long-term effects on our conversations about sex and power. And that would be a very good thing. But man, that is not satisfying here today. And I think that's why we're struggling through this so much. Well, and I just want to encourage, there does seem to be an intense desire to approach this legalistically. Well, I read the article again, and she never said this. And what, you know, and breaking down what could have happened here and here. I don't, y'all, I don't really think that's the way to talk about this. I don't think it serves anybody. I don't think, because even if this was a court case, even if we could lay it all out, you know, courts don't do a great job of breaking this sort of play down either because every, you know, because we're big, messy humans, okay, with monkey brains. And we're not going to find a line in the Babe article that re- helps everybody reach this nice, easy conclusion. It's not there. So let's all stop looking for it. And we're not going to create a hypothetical in which she said something or he did something that then, uh, then, then magically makes this an easy conclusion. That's not going to happen either. Let's let go of that. Let's all let go of that. This is a messy thing from beginning to end, from that very first meeting, through the publish of the story, through the comments, through the fact that they went and sought her out. It's all messy, right? Let's just acknowledge that. There's not an easy answer here, and that's okay. And I think that what a lot of our listener feedback has made clear to me is that we are all going through our own messes. Mm -hmm. Many people have experienced horrific acts of abuse in our audience. And so um, this national debate creates an opening of wounds that is painful and difficult and that requires um, very, very specific forms of self-care. We heard from a listener who is struggling with the issue of non-consensual sexual activity within her marriage, Mm. within her loving marriage. That is messy. That's stuff that we don't have language for. And it's really important. And I think that kind of thing is even like her message to me crystallized how important this entire conversation is and how deeply it permeates every single aspect of our lives that men and women have this power differential. It's just in our DNA, right? And we don't, it's, it's the water that you always talk about when you tell the story of the fish who are looking around, you know, we just don't even recognize it sometimes. Oh yeah. The water. So true. So that we're pulling all this out. That's really great. And it's really hard. And that is kind of the point. But I don't really want to hear anymore about this hurting the Me Too movement, because Mm -hmm. if this hurts the Me Too movement, then the Me Too movement is going to end and we're all going to move on and go back to normal anyway. Yeah. If all Me Too is about is individual accountability for extreme perpetrators, then maybe we'll have fewer extreme perpetrators and that will be a great thing, but it's not going to do much more than that. Amen. Amen. So I have a lot to say about the sex part of this, and I'm super excited about our conversation on The Nuanced Life. But we're going to wrap it up for this week's episode. So y'all join us next week over on The Nuanced Life, and we'll have a a really intense conversation, I'm sure. I have a picture of cheesecake because this makes me think about the Golden Girls sitting around. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Thank you so much to our executive producers, Nicholas, Chad, Tracy, Leslie, Sabrina, and George. You can join us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Paintsuit Politics and on Twitter at Paintsuit Politic, no S. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com or reviews are always helpful and you can leave one through the Apple Podcast app. Thank you to Dante Lima, the composer of our Paintsuit Politics theme music. 